The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers. I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe. The Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Big Six Podcast. Football is back, baby. Trading camp is in full swing for all 32 teams. And there is tons of news to catch you up on. If you missed our All 32 series, make sure that you check that out. For today, we've got a big old pile of this league news as the NFL takes center stage after the briefest of breaks. Joining me are a pair of Bengals super fans in John Breach <laughs> and Will Brinson. Uh, fellas, feels good to be live again, right? Uh, yeah, I feel alive. I feel a live alive. show. I don't know if I feel alive. Um, I'm pretty pumped. Like Breach, Breach redid, got a brand new office. Clearly, like life change is happening for him. And oh. I got a brand new hat from the kind folks at Megacorp. You may remember them from being the chief sponsor of Brian Harmon. You know, when he won the British Open, he was wearing that big Megacorp yeah. hat. And people are like, what the heck is Megacorp? <laughs> I got to tell you, Megacorp <laughs> is on my head right now. Uh, it's Only like- Brinson would be wearing a hat from the British Open. No, no, it's from, it's, it's a, they're, based out of, they're based out of Wilmington. They're a, like a logistics and, and freighting and freight company. Um, and uh, my buddy, I got a couple of buddies who work there and um, we were texting about it. He's like, I'll send you some Megacorp stuff. So he was like, yeah, by all means. Look, Brinson, I'll be honest, that's a cool hat. Not as cool as the class. Brinson sucks for those watching, listening to the audio version. All right, Breach, uh, let's skip more of the, I mean, look, as much as we enjoy talking about the mega core pat for the mega brain of the Brinson model, let's get right down (laughs) to business. I was thinking, scale of one to 10, what is your panic level on the Joe Burrow injury? Uh, I would say it's a two. Uh, oh, I look, low. Well, to, be, to be clear, let's let's set the stage. Last week, Bengals training camp starts. Joe Burrow um, is rolling out to his right on a on a practice play, and non-contact pulls up limp, goes down to the ground, is grabbing his calf, and it felt like in the moment breach. I don't know about you, but like as a Bengals super fan, it felt like 
boy, that could be an Achilles or an ACL, or it could just be a hammy or a calf. And if it's one of the last two, the Bengals dodging major bullet. Uh, Zach Taylor came out and said it was a calf strain. So yeah, that's maybe that is the two. You were definitely at like a nine well, or a 10. Yeah, let's go. If, if the question yeah. is, what did I feel when the injury happened? I was at, uh, what is the, what's the logo for infinity? That little sideways. Uh, I was at like 7 billion. Uh, that yeah. was where my concern was. <laughs> when Joe Burrow went down, because it did. It looked like an ugly injury. It looked like it might have been an Achilles. And obviously, if Joe Burrow's out, your season's over. I mean, you don't even play – just forfeit all your games because nothing's happening. Get the number one pick. Do Trade it away for uh, Caleb Williams or whoever. But thank God, it's a calf strain. Uh, and, you know, we've talked about this before on the podcast that, look, Joe Burrow has dealt with – this is going to be the fourth straight season where he's not going to have a training camp. He's used to this. Um, so as far as the overall season, I am not concerned just because we've seen him uh, miss training camp, get off to these slow starts, but then the Bengals rebound and end up in the AFC title game. Yeah, uh, Bro, actually, I believe on like the six, because this happened on Thursday, I think, or maybe was it Wednesday or Thursday? I think it was Wednesday? either Wednesday. I think it was, th- I think it was. Maybe it was one of those two days, whatever the case, whatever the case may be. Uh, this happened last week. Um, Burrow that same day, had in his press conference before the practice, I believe, or the day, maybe it was Wednesday night and then Thursday this happened. He said, I'm glad to finally have a season where I don't have to like basically get ready in seven days because, or like I had seven days to practice because of some fluke injury and then immediately suffered that injury. I'm curious, Breach, do you think that they will, I was, I was uh, talking with Nick Costas about this on uh, you better, you bet last week, but like, I, I mean, I he Nick was making the point that he thinks they are going to bubble wrap Burrow for the rest of the, the preseason, the rest of the training camp and preseason, and just you don't even mess with it because and, and one of those factors that comes into this is Burrow's new contract, right? Justin Herbert just got paid. Burrow's supposed to get paid. He's going to get more than Herbert. How much more? Um, you know, do the Bengals even mess around with like saying, "Hey, uh, Joe, I mean, you know, of course we're going to pay you, but you're injured." I mean, like it's it's a complicated situation. Um, if I'm Burrow, I'm probably not being super aggressive about wanting to be out there and doing physical activity, knowing that a contract is coming up. But at the same time, like Joe Burrow is not the type of dude to start, to shy away from like being out there. Um, so I'm curious what you think about that from a uh, uh, like what like if if Zach Taylor runs him out there like later like later this week, are you going to flip out? Uh, I mean, yeah, I'll flip out. The whole thing, I don't think there were people who were not happy that Burrow was out there on Thursday. And I know the injury was Thursday because that was my brother's birthday. And we were like, what kind of birthday wish was this, Joe? Why? That's my brother's name, not just Joe Burrow's name. Uh, So, look, Joe Burrow came out there Thursday with a compression sleeve on his calf that he did not have on Wednesday. So, clearly, he had a little bit of discomfort there going into practice because if you're a quarterback, you don't just randomly wear compression sleeves on your leg out of the blue. Mm-hmm. And so Zach Taylor's like – or at Burrow, I'm sure, had to say in it, but basically saying, you know what, I'm going to put this sleeve on. I'm going to go out and practice. Oh, look. And then I injure the calf that had the compression sleeve on. So, as you just said, Brenton, they are going to play this safe. I will be shocked if Burrow takes a single practice snap in the month of August. So, maybe – you see like some QB drills, but as far as 11 on 11 padded drills, seven on seven, I do not think we will see Burrow do any of that in the entire month and that they won't really put him out there until they start ramping up for those week one practices and getting ready for the Browns. Kate, Katie, do you, you know, think Brent, that, um, yeah. Oh no, sorry. I was going to say, I was going to see what you thought about the wind total. Cause I mean, frankly, I talked we talked, we like this happened like well, during, during me and Nick on being on the show. And so we like exhausted it. Um, I don't think there's like any like immediate betting, 
like angles that you can take, but I'm curious if it changes your opinion on the AFC North at all or like or the Bengals win total. Well, a couple things. I was just going to go back to what you said when um, Burrow said, oh, I'm, I'm so glad that I'm, I'm going to have more than seven days this season. It reminds me when I watched the quarterback series and Patrick Mahomes is like, I haven't had a high ankle sprain in years after working with this new trainer. And then he gets another, you know, high ankle sprain. So yeah. don't, don't say those things out loud because right, you end right. up jinxing yourself to so all the other quarterbacks who may be, who may it's, be watching it's like, this. It's, it's like if you're driving down the road, you don't look at somebody and say, I haven't had a speeding ticket in 10 years because you're going to yes. get pulled over. Like yes. even if you're going yes. slow, like you're going to get pulled for speeding somehow. Yeah. And then just the terminology that they use. It's I, when I was reading the reports, it's like, oh, Joe Burrow went lame. And it reminds me of like horse racing when they're about to put a horse down because he's no longer <laughs> walking anymore. And so that terminology, like, I don't know why they still call it that somebody went lame. But to answer your question, uh, Brinson, it doesn't worry me. And it's interesting because they opened up as 11 and a half. Now that has already been bet down or maybe because of the injury news, it's gone down to 10 and a half. So Breach, you and I are high on the Bengals this year in terms of their future odds, plus 160 to win the division, plus 500 um, to win the conference and still uh, plus 1000, 10 to one to win the Super Bowl. I still like that bet. I think that this calf injury, like you guys both said, is so much better than when it could have been when all we knew was that he went lame. Um, but the 10 and a half, I like a hell of a lot better than 11 and a half, even though that over yeah. is juiced to minus 130. I think that that is a good bet. Um, I still think that they are a good contender to win this division at plus 160. And of course, we know I've already I've already put the bet in for the 10 to one for the Super Bowl. So I'm actually on the breach train here and I'm not that worried about this injury. Yeah. Yes. Uh, more train. <clears throat> yeah, Brinson, I mean, are you on the train? Is that what we're going to say? Yeah. I mean, I, I think I would have, I mean, like I'm, I was going to pick, I want to pick the Bengals to win the Super Bowl, but um, I don't want <sighs> breach to get mad at me over it. And which means that breach is going to have to pick the Bengals <laughs> to win the Super Bowl in order to get me off of the Bengals, which would be even worse because then breach knows that he would be the reason for the curse because he picked the Broncos last year. I digress. Um, I think that the plus plus one sixty because it was like plus plus one thirty. I think, Maybe it was like a 30 cent swing or something like that, or 20 yeah. cent swing um, in terms of the Bengals price uh, popping up a little bit for their, for the division win total. I, like if it's me, the fact that it was a calf strain and he's not going to play, but they're, but you're now getting a little more value and that Joe Burrow has done this twice already in the off season, in the preseason where he didn't have training camp because of injury or had a major injury occur either the season before or during the, the ramp up um, or had you know the COVID year in 2020 when he was a rookie. Like, I, I don't think it affects it a ton. So I want to buy in on the Bengals sort of like a buy low, like you're buying a dip, buy the dip, right? That's what the, uh, the you're buying the dip. I think buy that's the, the move here is you're getting a little dip, a little bit of value on the Bengals because of this. Uh, so I'll, I'll put some, uh, I'd, I'd want to invest on the Bengals, but would I wouldn't, you know, I would shy away from like MVP Burroughs seven to one. That's a little short, yes. um, you know, given that it's not going to get any shorter, right? Like Mahomes is plus 650 Burroughs seven to one. You can wait till closer to the season and make sure he's fine. If you want to invest in that. I would well, say the one thing that, that, you know, you guys jumping on the Bengals bandwagon, I would be a little nervous about the win total. Although I feel a lot, when it was 11 and a half, I would have stayed far away from that with the borrow injury. Cause we've seen how slow he starts when he misses training camp. And when you have for your first two games against the Browns and the Ravens, Burrow has historically struggled against the Browns one and four, the Bengals really struggled with divisional opponents, even with Burrow. So uh, having the Browns and the Ravens out of the gate would have been concerning a little, I'm not even so sure about the division bet. I mean, if they're slow first two or three games and you lose two divisional games out of the gate, that's trouble. But I feel completely comfortable. I would still take the uh, win the AFC bet, win the Super Bowl bet, 
Uh, but man, the over at 11 and a half, I would not have. I love it at 10 and a half. And I would probably be a little iffy on winning the division. Well, and Brinson, you brought up an interesting point about not maybe not betting Joe Burrow for MVP. What do you think this is doing now to his like fantasy value? You you see Higgins and you see Chase likely to drop. There could be value for them with player props. Like how how will you attack this from a fantasy perspective and then player props? Yeah, I mean, I think when you, from a fantasy perspective, same deal, right? By the dip. You're getting Burrow at a little bit more of a discount. Um, I'm probably more likely to invest in like Lamar Jackson for fantasy purposes, just because you're going to get yeah. that rushing ability, but burrow. And I think if you get, if you, if you draft burrow and you're buying the dip, you want to target, uh, I'd have to look and Jamie, I'm sure Jamie's written or Jamie, Dave, or somebody's written something like this on the site, but on cbsports.com, but you know, find a, find another, find a quarterback who has a soft schedule early in the season regard, like as sort of a, a compliment to burrow on the team, because uh, to breach his point, like we've seen the Bengals be very, very run heavy early in the season. They don't want to like have Burrow do a ton of dropbacks when he's dealing with injury. That happened with the ACL. It happened with the appendix, like the uh, the burst appendix. And I would think that it's probably going to happen on you know with with a, with this calf strain if he if he sits out meaningful time this preseason. So I'm I'm buying Higgins. I'm buying Chase. I'm buying Burrow because I think it's a good buy low um, for the player prop stuff. I, I need to see if they're still. I'm if if you get a, if you get a discount on them, I'm fine with it. Like Chase's number yeah. is like twelve hundred, maybe it's like eleven hundred. Like receiving yards, that's huge. I mean, it's just a big. It's, well, it's not huge. It's a big number. He's easily going to go over that if Burrow plays 15, 16 games, which I think he will. So, like, I'm I'm extreme. I, I'm 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 buying low on the Bengals based on Burrow's injury. I love it. Breach. Love it. Okay. I love it. Okay. Well. Love it. All right. Breach loves it, which we love to hear from him. Uh, in, the, in the next thing of as the league turns, which is, I feel like, a soap opera, you know, if if Joe Burrow being injured in the preseason doesn't stir up enough, enough drama for you, uh, you know who does? It's Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers came out with the Will Smith, keep my coach's name out of your mouth to Sean Payton. Brinson, it's what Sean Payton said was a little aggressive. He said what everybody's been thinking. He said, you know, I had my Fox cap still on, probably shouldn't have said that about a, a former coach. However, uh, no lies were told as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. And Rogers had a pretty aggressive uh, comeback to it. What do you make of this drama? Yeah, so Payton's comments were, I mean, he, uh, who was he talking to? Oh, he's talking to uh, Jarrett Bell of USA Today, sorry. Um, and he, I mean, he went nuclear. He basically, and I, to me, so this is my biggest takeaway from this, is that Sean Payton, was attempting to shift the blame from Russell Wilson to take to, to, to absolve Russell Wilson of blame for the 2022 Broncos season and basically to completely bomb Nathaniel Hackett under the bus and to pin all of the issues of the Broncos last year on Hackett, some on the front office, which breach of breach will touch on, I think. And, um, and, and basically say this wasn't Russ. So to me, I'm a little intrigued by the Broncos because of this. Now, I think it was stupid to do all that. You didn't need to do the, do it the way he did. He he yeah. kind of got some stuff out there and then just kept spilling his freaking guts and like ripping the Jets. He's like, I mean, he's like, trust me, like th there was no need to rip the Jets. You can rip no, the thing. Yeah. Yeah, like yeah, like Robert Sala and like and say like, oh, they're on hard knocks, like they're gonna suck this year because they're on hard. It's like all of that was wildly unnecessary. The the stuff about to me, though, about the, the Broncos stuff specific, specifically, you're talking about Hackett versus Russ, it says to me that he believes 
that he can get good stuff out of Russell Wilson here because he is propping Russ up. It was one mm. of two things. Either he believes Russ is good to go and that he's going to have a bounce back season or he thinks Russ is like psychologically soft and needs to be propped up um, because of that or Russ is, won't stop. You know, like it, it could be, could be one, it could be either or, um, you know, if like, if the Russ thing doesn't work out, guess who's getting this treatment next off season? Russell, like, you know, like, <laughs> like yeah. Sean Payton's going to do the same because he, he's, he's going to need to you know move the, move the blame around. He's not going to take it. If he, he's in a win-win. We've talked about this. So I think it makes me a little bullish on the Broncos just because it makes me believe that Sean Payton breach, um, who, despite, you know, what he said about his GM, uh, believes that, that Russell Wilson can be successful this year. Yeah, I don't think Sean Payton makes these comments unless he actually thinks this team is going to be good. And I think one of the comments that got kind of glossed over was that he said he's going to be pissed if this team doesn't make the playoffs. Like, that's how Mm. confident he is. And if they do make the playoffs, that completely validates his point that Nathaniel Hackett has no idea what he's doing. And the thing is, it was weird to hear an NFL head coach say this, but this is stuff that everyone in the country was writing when Nathaniel Hackett got fired last year. Hey, look, this guy can't coach. He has no idea what he's doing. And it was weird, obviously, to hear a head coach regurgitate that, but... Uh, and as Brinson just said, an even weirder part here was that Peyton threw his front office under the bus. I mean, that was, to me, the weirdest part. Look, you want to say Hackett was horrible last year? I don't know why that's a big deal, because he was. I mean, yeah. the way he said it, probably he went a little bit overboard. Uh, but you can't sit there and say, hey, look, it wasn't completely Russell Wilson's fault. It was the head coach's fault. It was the general manager's fault. And it was the president of the team's fault. Well, guess what? The general manager is still there. Uh, the president of the you. team, the president of the team is still there. The president of the team just got hired last August. He was handpicked by the new owners. So you're already throwing the new owners lackey under the bus. Like that is not how you want to start your career off, career off, Sean Payton. Like I know he feels pretty good. There's no way you know he can ever be in the doghouse with ownership. But man, that is not what you want to do. Uh, your first six months in the building. So I thought that was the most fascinating part of his comments. Yeah, I saw that article and I was like, that's the John Breach story. And of course it was, it was a John Breach story on CBSports.com. You can check it out there. I, I, I think one of the things that's interesting about the GM and the president stuff is it, it tells me that Sean Payton is reports the ownership. Sean Payton wasn't hired by George Patton, right? Or George Payton. Sean Payton wasn't hired by Sean Payton wasn't hired by the front office. Sean Sean Payton was hired by the ownership. That's who he answers to. And that's how it was for him in, in New Orleans. Ultimately. I mean, like Nikki Loomis was the GM and technically his boss, but I mean, I think, you know, the Bensons were who both Sean and, and Nikki answered to separately, even if it was un, un, unspoken. And so the other thing is Payton is potentially setting this up for if they aren't good, one, you have Russ as a possible scapegoat. You also have the GM and the president as a possible scapegoat. And you are undermining the two guys who, in every NFL team, at, all, at some point, there's a power struggle in the front office, right? I mean, almost universally, it doesn't matter who it is. Like Even like Pete Carroll and John Schneider, their like level of authority and what, what power, what certain powers they have has, you know, has changed over the years. Like their success gave John Schneider more cachet, even though they came in as a partnership. Sean McDermott, Brandon Bean, same, same sort of thing. But in some organizations, when a new coach comes in, there's massive power shifts, right? And that's like Sean Payton wants to hire his own GM. Like and that is just like obvious. And so I think what we'll see is, maybe a little bit more of this 
maybe him like mentioning the personnel issues or stuff like that, because eventually he's going to get to a spot where he wants to be able to hire his own um, GM. And so I think that's, I think that's interesting from that perspective. It's it's a wild way to to start a job and Sean Payton better win because all of these comments are going to come back to haunt him if he doesn't. And Brinson, I think it's interesting what you brought up about Russell Wilson maybe being a little bit soft. I mean, can we really take that out of the equation? The, the, the no. reports from the locker room and, you know, how he felt about himself and how his teammates felt about him. It's not all positive. And I don't think that anybody has the confidence that Russ can really cook. So I can see as a coach, trying to kind of overcorrect in that way that he's going to be this big superstar that we saw in Seattle as a way to try to kind of help his quarterback through, uh, I guess the the equivalent hey, of the yips is what, by the uh, way, what he went through. Last but, by the way, these two teams, the jets and the, and the, and the jets, like, I mean, if I'm, the, if I'm Aaron Rodgers and the jets, I'm like, cool. Thanks for the like wildly unnecessary drive by. And that allows us to get a chip <laughs> on our shoulder. Like, and to, and to be like, to be like, Oh, you think like another team, like a possible Hall of Fame, like worthy coach is like basically saying the Jets are going to suck because they're on hard knocks. Like they're the Jets are going to be chippy about this, and these two teams play in Week Five. And Aaron Rodgers literally thrives on having a chip on yes. his shoulder. That is when yes. he is at his best. Yes. Oh look, you wouldn't start me because you had Brett Favre. I won a Super Bowl in 2010. Oh look, you draft Jordan Love. I win two straight MVPs. Yep. Oh, now Sean Payton is saying my offensive coordinator sucks and that the whole team is washed up and you're making us the laughing stock of the league. Well, guess what? We're going to beat you 49 to seven in week five. So, I mean, right. Aaron Rodgers is not the guy you want to uh, to make mad. No, that is that is a game that is circled on everyone's calendar. Uh, let's take one look at their win totals. The Jets, nine and a half, that overjuice to minus 120. I've been pretty high on the Jets. And, and now that you just keep giving uh, Aaron Rodgers more bulletin board material, I love yeah. that. Broncos at eight and a half. Breach, uh, how are you feeling uh, in, in, re in revisiting these win totals for the Jets and the Broncos? Uh, the Broncos at eight and a half. I think Sean Payton get them the nine. I think yeah. that you look at what they did last season. And we keep talking about how bad they were. And bad for the Broncos, I mean, they still won a few games. So it's not like they were, <laughs> you know, it's not like they yeah. were, oh, they weren't 0 oh and 17. They weren't, uh, yeah. So it's, they went five and 12. So now you just need to find four more wins somewhere else. Uh, and, and I think they can absolutely do. I think this team can get to nine and eight. I think it will be close. And, you know, you look at the numbers right there with the minus 115, minus 105, there's not a lot of juice either way. It's almost even. Uh, so I would lean over, but man, I got burnt so hard by the Broncos last season that you can't trust my take on them. Well, yeah, I, to me, the Broncos are an easy over at eight and a half because you look at dude, I mean, they lost three games in overtime last year and they had like, I think three other, I'm just doing a quick math here. Three, four other losses in one score games, not include five other losses in one score games, not including the overtime. So like you're talking about a team that like lost a ton of one score games, and nine, was, nine of their 12 losses by one score. There you go. Thank you wow. Rich, for doing the actual math instead of my uh, cookie cutter by my, 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 my fly by the seat of my pants math. Um, yeah. The Brinson model. Like when you have nine, <laughs> one score losses and three of them are in overtime. I mean, that tells me that and your offense is trash. Like it was under Nathaniel Hackett. If Sean Payton comes in there and the offense is mid level, like mad Deese. As the kids say, then you're going to get 
Like those those win those those games are going to flip a little bit. So I I, th- I like the Broncos a lot. I would I think I'm still leaning Jets over win total. I won't be jumping on that. Um, probably prefer the Jets to make the playoffs. I think it's like minus. 140 or something like that, maybe 150. I prefer that to their win total because I think you could win 10 games in the AFC and, and not make the playoffs. Wait, sorry. You could, yes. Or you could win. They could go nine and nah, I don't know what I'm saying. I don't, that didn't make sense what I'm saying, but you get the point. I like, I think the Jets make the playoffs as a wild card, but I'm not sure I trust them to get to 10 wins. Like it's, it's, it's a tricky situation. Definitely yeah. dicey. And, and you look at the thing with the Jets, though, is before they get to that Broncos game, they have to play the Bills. They have to play the Cowboys. They have to play the Chiefs. They have to play the Patriots. So they have a rough first four games. Uh, and so that, again, what Brinson's saying is that can you trust them to hit the over? Or would you do you feel more comfortable betting the over or the playoffs? But I don't know that nine wins will get them in just because yeah, the NFC yeah. is so loaded. So but I, I would probably feel more comfortable betting them to make the playoffs versus betting the over. But I do think they do get the 10 wins. Yeah, and, and also yeah. worth noting, um, Raiders, Washington, at Miami, at Chicago for the Broncos to start the season. That is a very, I mean, there seems winnable the schedule. very winnable schedule heading into the Jets. All right, uh, let's take a break. And when we come back, we will break down more NFL news from hashtag this league next. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. All right, so we did the All-32 series. Every NFL team, you should check it out. Talk to insiders mm-hmm. from every NFL team. Breach hosted. Uh, did you Breach did the last one? Breach, right? The Lions. The I did the Lions with old Ryan Wilson. We hadn't seen each other in three years. He commented on how many more gray hairs I had. It was <laughs> it was a great time. Three. I didn't know Ryan Wilson was still around. Um, good for him. Uh, I thought he turned like nine hundred and moved to South Florida or something. Uh-huh. I'm kidding. We love Wilson. Uh, but you know who else might be on the move? Jonathan Taylor. Or at least he wants to be on the move. He has asked for a trade request from the Indianapolis Colts and breach. Mm-hmm. Things got a little ugly when he made that request with uh, very clearly to me, a certain country loving uh, rock and roll owner stepping in. Yeah. This is a weird situation to me because you had Jonathan Taylor saying back kind of in April, May and June, he made it known he wanted a new contract. He also said at one point that he wanted to be a Colt for life. That means for the rest of his life, he wants to be an Indianapolis Colt. Uh, and I think that's probably out the window now. And, and it seems like Jim Irsay is being divisive on purpose for him to tweet out and say, yes. hey, look, running backs, 
if you're not getting a special CBA, you got to take the crappy hand you were dealt and you're going to get your crappy contracts and no one cares about you. And when you have a running back who is looking for an extension and you're saying that about running backs and then to turn around and say, oh, but I didn't mean Jonathan Taylor. I just meant every other running back that wasn't directed at anyone. Of course, Jonathan Taylor is going to get mad at that. And so to have a three-way spat with Ursay, Taylor's agent, and Taylor uh, on Twitter and just turn this whole thing public, they meet on the bus, and usually, you know, like you sit down face-to-face. You feel like you can talk issues out or at least make them a little bit better. No, this thing, all the poop hit the fan after they met on the bus. This thing got even worse, and it is amazing that we've gotten this far uh, because I can't see Ursay changing his tone. He's the kind of stubborn guy that says, look, we're not trading you. We're not trading you. Unless somebody offers me five first-round picks, you're stuck here, Jonathan. And I can't imagine – the Colts have all the leverage. I feel like Taylor has to play. And if he is dealing with a back injury, then they'll throw him on the NFI list and he won't get paid. And then this, this, this whole situation will become a bigger disaster. So this thing is messed up. I mean, it only takes a, a short conversation with Jim Ursay for someone to come out of that meeting and say, I would like to request a trade. Uh, Breach, I have to ask you, because Brinson and I had a conversation this week. We were, la- we were, you know, kind of joking about the this whole thing. And obviously, Jim Ursay with his comments about, I could die tomorrow and Jonathan Taylor could not be on this team and nobody would notice or care or whatever it was that he said. And I asked Brinson, I said, what? NFL owner would you like to party with? And I said Jim Irsay because that is some rich, wild stuff that you would do with Jim Irsay. Uh, and and Brinson had a very surprising, and I actually, I still don't understand why you picked this person. But Breach, I want to hear <laughs> which NFL owner you would like to party with. I have Jim Irsay, and then I'll let, uh, I'll let Brinson surprise us. I'll say Jim Irsay is in the top five. I would throw yeah, Jerry Jones on the on the uh, list. And, yeah. and just to be clear, I have a top five list that I provided Katie and uh, Jim Irsay definitely in the top five just by virtue of like how the other owners are all set up. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think Ursay's in the top five. Jerry Jones is absolutely in the top five. Yeah. And I hope this isn't Brinson's answer. This might sound a little strange, but I'm going to throw Mark Davis in there. I mean – the guy Ooh. eats the PF Changs. He lives in a van, uh, <laughs> drives around a conversion van. Like, what is there not to like about he, Mark Davis? Mark Davis also like I've seen Pete Prisket. We so two Super Bowls in a row. We saw Mark Davis hanging out. The forty Super Bowl forty nine. We were in um, at this restaurant. It's like a bar in like downtown Phoenix, and we saw. I, I think I was with. Um, Darren Smith and Marty Caswell of, of San Diego of, of uh, extra of San Diego radio fame. And um, I, uh, we were like watching Mark Davis eat French fries because he was wearing this white jumpsuit and was like dipping them in ketchup and then just holding these fries with like this, like loads of ketchup on top of them over this white jumpsuit. We're just like, we were captivated watching this guy with his bowl cut. He, like, just, like, it's like, is he just like, how, like, how can he be so flagrant, like flaunting this that. white jumpsuit with the ketchup, just waiting for it to drop. And then the next year, Pete Prisco is walking through this restaurant. He sees Mark Davis and he's, he goes over and goes, what's up, Mark? Can we get a piece? And Mark Davis hands him a slice of pizza and then he's eating and Pete just sits there and like eats the pizza and chills and like chats up Mark Davis and then walks off. So I think that this is a pretty good answer. Um, Breach. Well, real yeah. quick and somewhere, someone has a picture of that. This is one of those things we don't yes. tweet out with Prisco eating the pizza with Mark Davis. Uh, Breach, would you like to guess what my it's, answer was? Cause it wasn't Jim Ursay. Mark Davis. Totally. Ran- Can you give me AFC or NFC? That's my one hint. 
NFC? In it. Mm-hmm. NFC? There's no cool owners in the NFC. It's not Jerry Jones. <laughs> wow, I didn't think it was Jerry Jones. Jerry uh, Jones in my top five, though. I'll go with the Panthers owner. Uh, no, David Tepper was like, I think, honorable mention, maybe. Um, like, uh-huh. the, uh, actually, that's right. I was, I was, Katie, I was doing this. I was like ripping them off division by division. I forgot about that. Um, I, the, uh, <laughs> I forgot about that too. <laughs> I said Jed York. I, that was going to be my next guess. I'm not even kidding. What? I believe what? I'm a 49ers fan and I don't want to party with Jed York. Let, t- explain yourself. So the logic here, well, one, like he's young. He's young. I think so. Like Jim Irsay is gonna. Jim Irsay is going to. You're going to have to do whatever Jim Irsay wants. But also, Jim Irsay. You got. You're in bed by two thirty a.m. with Jim Irsay because everyone's passed out. With Jed York, you're going all night. But I also think Jed York would be is the type of dude who would be like, all right, look, I got to bounce. I'm going to take the helicopter out. Uh, Tabs open. Close it out. Bring my card back. I like. I I can't. I can't roll with you guys all night. Like. Like. I feel like when he and Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch go out, John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan, like Jed's not the guy who's like, oh no 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 no. Like Jim's like Jim Mercy's like, no, we are going to my bar and I'm playing my country music and you're gonna listen to me play country music and you're like, dude, I don't want to hear that. you mang like strangle a cat, bro. Like <laughs> like like. You know what people say about cats and alleys? That's Jim Mercy. That's what he sounds like. I don't want anything to do with that. Uh, Jed York is going to be like chill. He's gonna be like, hey, like I got this. I got a, we got a car. We're going to this like awesome spot for dinner. Yeah, and like and like very. So it'd be like low key, get ramped up, and I think he'd maybe peace out, and you'd be able to hang out and like and do whatever. You, if you wanted to stay and party, you could. Ursay, like I think you're just locked into whatever Jim Mercy wants to do. Jerry Jones would be really good too. But this is this is what I'm saying. If you're going to just party, why wouldn't you want to go on the wildest ride? If you've got one time to party with an owner, I'm going on the wildest ride because this is like that Jim Ursay, because experience. Jim Ursay, Jim Ursay annoys me because he is constantly covering songs that I like and destroying them. And it drives me crazy. But also you want to go on the wildest ride that has the lowest percentage of you ending up dead. So you have to combine those two things. <laughs> yes. And right. so... Interesting. I like to look dangerous. All right, let's 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 bring this full circle here. Jim Arce, obviously owner of the Colts. Let's say Jonathan Taylor doesn't play early on. Brinson, when we look at these odds, Colts already a long shot, plus seven hundred to win the division, plus eight thousand to win the conference, and uh, twelve thousand five hundred to win the Super Bowl. That ain't happening. Uh, what do you think about these odds and, and betting on their futures if JT isn't on the field? So, like, I think the – I kind of – I'm intrigued by the Colts in a, in a little bit. Um, but for me, like, it's like Shane Steichen running this offense that worked with Jalen Hurts with Anthony Richardson, who's going to play week one because Jim Mercy is going to demand it no matter what is going on with that competition. But there's, like, such downside there that I'm – not entirely like I, I'm not going to be invested in the Colts at all. Um, I like the Texans as we pointed out on this podcast a yes. bunch. Um, <laughs> I, I'm high on the Jaguars. So like I, I would rather have the Texans at 10 to one than the Colts at seven to one. And I, I just think that like Gus Bradley, that defense, I don't trust that. Um, and I don't like, even with striking there, like I, we've seen Ursa medal to the point where he fired Frank Wright. They've been bragging about his record and hired Jeff Saturday. Like Jim Ursay is going to his has his hands in everything right now. You can see with the way they responded to Jonathan Taylor as a team that like very clearly, I don't know. So to me, it's like, oh, oh did I move the Texas down to plus 850? My my my. Look at that. Moving lines, baby. 
Um, <laughs> you, couldn't be anybody else talking about the Texans. So I, I, I don't know. Uh, Our all 32 Texans pod was pretty fun. <laughs> that's true. But but I think I would much rather invest in the Texans at plus 850 than the Colts at plus 700. I think the Richardson's got his, his nose banged up and like there's just bad vibes coming out of Indy right now. First year coach, rookie quarterback, and then this Taylor stuff, man. Like I don't, uh, to me, it just it doesn't doesn't sit well. Yeah, and if they don't have Jonathan Taylor out there in week one, and Zach Moss obviously just broke his arm, he might not be out there in week one. So not only do you have a rookie quarterback, you could have a, a rookie running back uh, back there. And so, uh, yeah, I don't trust the Colts at all. I'm actually surprised that their odds are above Houston's. Um, I, man, the team I like the most continues to be. Before they signed DeAndre Hopkins, it was the Titans. And now they have them. It is even more the Titans. And at plus 340, man, get me away from the Colts. I want to be as far away from the Colts as possible and as close to Tennessee as possible, which is fitting since I live here in Tennessee. Give me the Titans, guys. Give me them. Oh, I'm I'm on the Texans trains, too. And if you, if you didn't listen to our All 32 uh, Texans podcast, it is also a wild ride and a fun one. And uh, Dalton Schultz, bet your life on all of his <laughs> futures right. props. That, that's what I took away from that one. Look, I'm high on Anthony Richardson. Uh, obviously, Shane Steichen have a ton of respect for him. This is the year where, you know, um, Jonathan Taylor could have that huge breakout year. Now, I know we had one a couple seasons ago coming off the injury. Didn't really have a great season last year. I don't know if this is the time for him to be kind of playing these games. I think you got to put your head down, you work, you get those monster numbers again, and then you can have these types of conversations. Uh, so we'll have to see how that, I'm, I'm not high on the Colts, but I do think they have some good pieces. In other big name injury news, actually, Jalen Ramsey underwent surgery on his left meniscus on Friday. The surgery is expected to keep Ramsey out for a few months, but Ramsey was quoted saying, tell me whatever the recovery timeline is and I'll beat it by a month, uh, which is wishful thinking on his uh, on his part. Let's look at their division odds right now. Plus 300 to win the AFC East, uh, plus 1200 to win the AFC and uh, 2500 to win the Super Bowl. Win total nine and a half with that over juice to minus 120. We've had a lot of conversations about how tough it is to bet the Dolphins based on the Tua injuries. But now we've got some um, injuries in their backfield on defense. Brinson, how important is the defense um, to how you're going to bet the Miami Dolphins? Oh, it's huge. I mean, I think, was it, um, was it Prisco or was it Adam Beasley? We've done like so many pods. It's like, it's like, I'm like yeah. brain melded all together. Uh, one of them, it might've been Pete, I think who said that, I think it was Pete because I was shocked. He said it with Aaron, knowing what we know about Aaron Rodgers and you know, going to the jets. Right. He said that he thinks Vic Fangio is the single most important mm, NFL yeah. all season addition by any team it was this, year, this year. And like that really resonates with me, and I think it should resonate with everybody, especially when we talked to Beasley at the, the first uh, All Thirty Two Pod, and he's hyping up the Dolphins' defense. They can win without Jalen Ramsey. Now that's a big blow. They traded for him. He was like him plus Xavier Howard. There's a trickle down effect on their um, in, in terms of their ability to to shut down wide receivers. They've got some tough matchups, right? Like Stephon Diggs is going to be twice, right? Um, they, they, you know, they. It's not. It's not easy. If he's the Jets, Garrett Wilson twice. You know they they have. It's going to be difficult without Ramsey. Uh, they open against the Chargers. There you go. The Chargers have a lot of wide receivers. But for me, like everything comes down to Tua, right? Even if the Jalen Ramsey get, the injury is not good, duh. But for me, it's much more about Tua's health and being able to trust yeah. Tua than it is about uh, the Jalen Ramsey stuff in, in particular. Like I think the defense will be good no matter what. 
So like I'm, I, but I'm on the bill. So I'm not really going to get on the dolphins. I do think there's a chance the dolphins win the division. I think there's a chance they finish above the jets. But for me, it's like, I just have concerns about Tua and I know it's not defense related, but like, we just don't know. Like if Tua gets a concussion in week one, can they really play him again this year? You know, like that's, that's or it's, ever? It's just, it's, or ever, right. It's such a difficult situation that I, I'm a little hesitant for that reason. Yeah, and the other thing with the Dolphins, I, I agree with you, Brent. I don't think the Jalen Ramsey injury is going to have – like, obviously, if he's in, that makes their defense a lot better. But they had an average defense last year. They still went 9-8, and eight, and they didn't have Jalen Ramsey last year, and they still went 9-8. and eight. And so I think that they can still get the type of play they got last season. Uh, and then when Jalen Ramsey does get back on the field, whether that's in December or he beats his comeback by a month and gets somehow gets back by November – uh, then that's going to make them better. But until then, I, I think I agree with you that I do think the defense will be better, and I don't think they'll win the division. So I think we're on the same boat here, or yeah, maybe we're so. we're in the same canoe, kind of paddling. Yeah, I think we're in a we're in a uh, we're on the same raft. Kayak raft. Okay, we're on the same Buffalo Bills luxury. We're on Terry Bagula's luxury yacht. How about that? Yes, okay, well, that's, I like that's, it. Add that, add that to the party list. All right, this is not the only injury that really matters, though. Brock Purdy has made his return and will tell you why and how that's going with the 49ers quarterback, Carousel. Would we come back, taking a quick break, and watching Pick 6? We'll see you in a bit. Said I'm fired up. I'm sorry your time's up. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It was a very bright shining light, Sarajevo, and they needed to kill that light. From producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo, thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. U2, they represent a personification of our resistance. The Hollywood Reporter hails Kiss the Future, moving and inspirational. Kiss the Future! Viva Sarajevo! Kiss the Future. New documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply. Back on Pick Six with Mox, Brinson, and Breach. And fellas, today is a good day, or was it, I guess, last week, because Brock Purdy was medically cleared with no, no limitations ahead of camp. Now, lo no limitations doesn't exactly mean that they're not monitoring his pitch count. So far, Purdy has gone two days on with one day off uh, from throwing. Niners had their first padded practice on Monday, and Purdy looked pretty solid, especially someone coming off of surgery just five uh, months ago. But guess what? Lance and Sam Darnold also looked pretty good on Monday as it stands now. Purdy is getting the reps with the ones when he is on the field and Lance and Darnold vying for the number two spot. They're both splitting those number ones. You know, objectively, I will say that Sam Darnold has looked a little bit better than Lance has. Um, objectively. You know, we know, uh, yeah, we all, okay, fine. we all know I'm a little bit biased. Okay. Uh, 
But Breach, when you look at these three Niners quarterbacks, um, you know, is there any bets or futures that you're eyeing? We know that Sam Darnold is the MVP, is uh, Brinson's favorite long shot or one of them of this season. But how do you feel about Purdy coming back, what this means to the Niners, and maybe some of these quarterback bets? Well, I think with that you're kind of getting juice with the Niners because no one knows who their quarterback is going to be. Whether I don't think it's going to be Trey Lance. It's either going to be Brock Purdy or Sam Darnold with Brock Purdy, obviously being the huge favorite as long as his arm can withstand training camp. Uh, and if you put him back out there, I mean, this is a good team. So I, I mean, I like the 49ers to win the division. I like them to maybe win the NFC. I don't like them in the Super Bowl because I like the Bengals. But it, it just seems like this is the time to grab them because if they start off 4-0, Brock Purdy looks awesome. Their division odds are going to go to minus 800 and their NFC odds are going to be no value there. So while they still have these quarterback questions, I think that's when you want to either grab their division, minus 200, not great value. But again, it will get worse if they win their first few games. And then to win the NFC overall, uh, you know that's something that would be – worth considering right now. And I think that four ers can also do that. So, uh, and maybe even best regular season record. Is that crazy? Ooh, no. plus, plus 800. I kind of like that one. I think they have the fifth easiest schedule, but they travel the second most miles. So they have like 21 days less rest than their opponents, which is tough, but I, Hey, I don't, I don't hate that bad breach. Brinson hates it. I can tell. No, I think, I mean, look, the 49ers are stacked. And like, the thing is the Purdy, situation is such that because he's back and he's going to be ready to go we i mean we assume right i mean we think um that it's such that like when purdy was not in the fold or like he was an unknown for me it was a concern because it's like all right well there's a real path where they just don't have like a great option at the quarterback position because you are you're missing Trey Lance, or no, you're not missing Trey. You're, if you're missing Purdy and he's not able to go, and it's like Trey Lance is just a total wild card at this point still. And then Sam Darnold, is, you know, Sam Darnold, like he's we think it's a cool idea that he could be good, but it's still you know we still have a history of him yeah. not being not being good, right? And so like now with Purdy there, you feel like it raises the floor of the quarterback position for the Niners. You feel a lot safer one investing in their division to win to win the division at like one sixty five. I think is like a really good deal or a really good bet. Um, and then they're over their win total. I mean, you saw it, you saw it creep up and like just in general, the you know, the Niners like look like a team that we are we knew they had a loaded roster. Um the question was the quarterback position. And if Purdy's back and cleared, and he is, that raises the floor at the position, I think, and, and allows you to where you're like, all right, even if Purdy gets hurt, now you feel like Lance and Darnold playing really well might be like a, a you know a bonus, right? Or like a like a gravy on the biscuit, so to speak. Like a slice of slice of Swiss cheese on 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 a chicken salad sandwich or something. You're just inventing <laughs> things at this point. <laughs> yeah, a lot yeah. of lot of analogies there. Look, I'm obviously very uh, high on the 49ers. I feel very confident um, about Brock Purdy. I like that they're monitoring his pitch count and not just putting him out there. I'm worried about Week One and having him up. You know, the Steelers have not wa- lost, I believe, um, their first game in like three years and at home. And then you got Brock Purdy up against someone like T.J. Watt for his first game back. So that's like a little bit scary. But actually, one of the season long props that I was looking at this morning, which I just think is a no brainer, George Kittle touched touchdown 
passes, the line is at five and a half, and that over is plus 110. Last year, George Kittle had a career high, career best, 11 regular season touchdowns. Seven of those came from when Brock Purdy was under center. We know this Iowa to Iowa corn connection is very big. So George Kittle, five and a half with the over at plus 110. I bet your li- Forget Dalton Schultz that you heard on the Texans podcast. George Kittle over his touchdown passes. Uh, that's a no-brainer to me. I can get behind on that. Kittle, yeah. Kittle, Kittle, Kittle had what? Like how many touchdowns did he have um, down the stretch? Seven. Seven? seven. He had seven with Purdy. He had yeah. a couple games with multiple touchdowns. Yeah, I think that's a good look. I think it's a real good look. All right. We love that. Okay, so now we're going to move on to some rapid uh, fire questions here. When we look at the week one point spreads, Seahawks running backs are injured. Is that what is concerning to you or that Washington was sold? Princeton. What's going to have I a think, bigger impact? I guess I think the bigger impact is I. I mean, I think the bigger, obviously, overall impact is Washington, and I think Week One is a big impact as well. I think Seattle, this running back situation though, is really big for that offense, um, because you have Geno Smith, you drafted JSN in the first round, you got DK, you got Lockett, you have all these weapons. But like Pete Carroll wants to be a running team. And so yeah. now like they lose Rashad Penny in free agency. Zach, you know, Ken Walker is banged up and was banged up last year. And then Charbonnet, the rookie, is already hurt. So it's like you just have to have questions about whether this uh, whether this this rushing attack can be sufficient for what the Seahawks want to be on offense. Because you, you know, Gino tailed off last year at various points. And I think you could probably point to when the injury started piling up for the running backs, it sort of affected Gino to breach. Yeah, I mean, I somewhat agree with that, but they do have a month to kind of get that figured out, and the Seahawks have proven they can kind of plug and play running back, so I think they'll be okay at least in week one uh, since they do have a lot of time to prepare for that. But the commanders, man, I th- we've seen these training camp pictures where people fans are actually showing up. There was like seven fans total at, at training camp all of yeah. last year, and this year uh, the thing is sold out. It, it's crazy down there. You're the commanders. You get a home game in week one against the worst team in football, the Arizona Cardinals. Fans are going to be fired up. That game's probably going to be sold out. And I just think the commanders come out and roll Arizona by three touchdowns just because they got the Dan Snyder monkey off their shoulders and they're just going they're going to want to squash the Cardinals. So I think I would go with the, the commanders being sold. I agree with Breach. I mean, I think the vibes are just so high. And I was reading some articles that or maybe I was tweets. I can't remember what it was. But Washington fans were saying, unless you are a Washington fan and have been for a long time, you have no idea what this feels like. It feels like we got something was stolen from us and we finally got it back. Um, And I think that that energy obviously just goes down to the team and the fans are going to be involved in there. And so I think that's going to be huge for them. It is concerning for Seattle about the running backs. I was really high on Kenneth Walker III this year. So for had to have him be pretty banged up. Um, is worrisome. And also with Geno Smith, we, we've we talked about, I believe, on the show about a little regression from Geno Smith. You know, his passing yards prop, 3,800 and a half. I already kind of liked that under just because I think the first half, Geno Smith, first five games versus Geno Smith in the second half of the season. Those are two different quarterbacks. And if you don't have a run game that's working, and we see a little bit of regression from Geno Smith. That does spell a lot of trouble for Seattle. But uh, I'm going to go with the glass half full on the side of uh, the Washington uh, Commander Scott, I, like I, I, I went through thing, all three of their names in my head before I said. I know, that. I know, right. The other thing about Washington too, I think that's really interesting. Like, you look at what we've seen from them, like not just the football team, right, but like the social media team. 
Like everyone feels the the players, the way they're talking about this transaction, they're like, they're like, like it's very clear that Dan Snyder was not just disliked by fans, but yeah. like disliked inside the building by just about everybody. Yeah. And they were sick and tired of you know, like and anybody ours. who anybody who's ever worked for that team, you you hear and like you can tell that there's like they're they're always embarrassed, right? Like of course you know it's like Washington, but like they just, they're like yeah, we well, you know it's the it's the former Archkins and Dan's Dan's Dan, and now it's like Josh Harris comes in. He immediately I don't know if you got I think we talked about this I can't remember, but he called in to one hundred six seven the fan with uh, our Grant, our friend of the pod Grant Grant Paulson and, and Danny uh, and and he calls in and he's like like what they didn't request him he call he like he's like Josh wants to call in and talk. And he calls in, and he's like talking to him, and he's like pumped up. He's like, I'm buying everybody in that bar a beer right now. And like the place goes wild. There's like a thousand people in there. So he dropped like, you know, I mean, he's a billionaire. Like, so who gives a crap? But he dropped several thousand dollars buying these beers for these guys and like these fans, which Dan Snyder would never do. And then like, you see like happy go lucky, like kids are carrying helmets. Like the vibes are immaculate with yes. Washington right now. And the fans are going to show up for that week one game. It's a very winnable game. I don't, you love Sam Howell, hate Sam Howell, whatever you think. It's a very winnable game. And I think that place is going to be really, really loud and really, really enthusiastic. And you're going to get a bunch of like anti Dan Snyder chants or like, or like, you know, pro Josh yeah. Harris chants. And yes. I think that we, that first half line for Washington against Arizona is very intriguing as a result. Well, I, I take, I walk back one thing I said on this podcast earlier. I said I wouldn't, you know, I would probably want to party with Jed York the least. I would never party with Dan Snyder. That is one person no. that I would like to stay. Uh, well, I'm not going to go that far because he does have a yacht that is moored in <laughs> southern France, and I would be more happy to hang out on yes. a yacht in the French Riviera. So I'm not going to say no to that. I'm not going to say no. The, you know, who, who Dan, Dan Snyder, yeah. Dan Snyder had in his tenure as owner, as owner of the NFL of the Washington football team, commanders, our skins, whatever he had more NFL investigations four than he had playoff wins two. That is wild. Or was it playoff appearance? Yes. Yeah, playoff wins. I think that's wild, dude. How do you yeah, can't I mean, win more playoff games in NFL investigations? There may be some hidden cameras in your cabin on that yacht breach. So I would just be mm. careful on the Dan Snyder. <laughs> yeah. Breach. Yacht. That's how you're finally um, going okay. down. Yeah, a couple more rapid fire questions here. So player props, what is more impactful or important, Sony Michelle retiring or Zeke Elliott visiting the Patriots? Breach. Uh, I will say the Zeke one's interesting because now you have to watch if the if the Patriots come out and sign him, then that blows up anything you thought you knew about what they were going to do at running back. Because look, Belichick, I hate if there's anything. I hate in the NFL. It is drafting a Patriots running back in fantasy because Correct. you have no idea who's going to play. They do whatever they want. They, they Their rotation has no rhyme or reason to it. Just when you think they're going to stick with someone, hey, look, maybe they'll go with Ramon J. Stevenson because he has two straight games for 100 yards. Uh, they'll sign Zeke and let him start the next game because they do crazy things like that. So I think as far as uh, any type of prop goes, I like – I would look at the Rams just because, look, Sony Michelle looked like he was going to be the backup there, and we know Cam Akers is going to be the the starter. I mean, they are, last year he wanted to be traded. Now it's his Crazy. time. So, yeah, I love anything, any prop with Cam Akers. I would probably take the over rushing yards, take the over anything. Just give me all the Cam Akers props. I think for me the biggest takeaway from the Sony Michelle stuff, like if, if the Pats signed Zeke, like, dude, Zeke is washed. He's like, I was like three. I mean, maybe he comes back. Maybe I mean, he like Smith is washed. He's literally he retired. He is washed. Yes, yes. Sony Michelle knows he's washed. Yeah, <laughs> like, true. Like, All right, fair. 
fair. Reminder, yeah, by remember the way, when the- Zeke Zeke released a list of three teams he wanted to play for, and those teams uh, were like, "Yeah, oh, no, whoa, like, no, dude, sorry." Um, yeah. Remember, remember, remember. I don't know if you remember Barry's from uh, Barry's. South Park. Remember, remember when um. Sony, when the Patriots drafted Sony Michelle over over Lamar Jackson, that was fun. Um, yeah. And then won a Super Bowl with him. Who? Somebody else made this argument with me, and it's absolutely asinine. Hmm. You hear me like they won a Super Bowl with Sony Michelle. I was like, he's a running back. They, they won the Super Bowl. They won the Super with Bowl because Tom, Tom Brady. Brady. Yeah, he had yeah, six exactly. rushing touchdowns during that postseason run. That's the second most by any running back in a postseason in NFL history. Okay, well, would you? Obviously, everybody would trade a Super Bowl for just about anything, but I mean, <laughs> Lamar Jackson, pretty good, dude. The Rams, yeah, yeah. Um, Sony Michelle retiring there for me, like the thing that stands out is because I've been bullish on the Rams. I'm like, I'm like, I think the Rams, and and people keep being like, you're an idiot, you're an idiot, you're an idiot, you're crazy. The Rams are not going to be good. The Rams are not going to come back and be this like like fine 2022 again, or fine 2021 again. Excuse me. Um, and I'm like, no, I think it's possible. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, oh. Sony Michelle retires, and that's a problem for the Rams. That that makes me a little nervous when the Rams are losing Sony Michelle. I'm like, oh crap, we got to go sign Royce Freeman. Like, what is this? 2016? Like, this is this is not great for the Rams and their depth chart and their offensive ability. And your my my belief in that they might be able to run the football well. Fair. So, Fair. Yeah, and Cam Akers props scare me a little because Akers, as Breach points out, wanted to get traded last year. And yeah. the Rams wanted to order. trade him. The Rams yeah. wanted to trade him. He wanted to trade him. No, they couldn't find anybody to trade for him. It's like, well, now it's, everything's just fine. He's going to be great. I don't know. All right. Well, uh, that's actually going to do it for our show today, uh, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us. On behalf of John Breach and Will Brinson and myself, we are so pumped to be back live with you guys. Football season is upon us. Hall of Fame game on Thursday. You know what else is on Thursday? The Pick 6 podcast again at 1 p.m. It's going to be our betting cheat sheet with me, Brinson, and Prop Stars. Um, he's been on once before. Very, very sharp guy, especially when it comes to betting props. So we're going to get into that. Thank you so much for joining us today. And uh, if you are watching this on YouTube, remember to like, comment, and subscribe. And if you're listening to the audio only, do the same. We'll see you on Thursday. From producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo, thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. Kiss the Future, new documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply.